Ricardo uh, leading for the first time since Abu Dhabi in 2018. On course for his first victory since Monaco in 2018. He left Red Bull, he went to Renault, he's gone to McLaren, he's going to get the victory now. It's McLaren and Ricardo that win the Italian Grand Prix. Lando Norris comes home to make it a 1-2 for the men from Woking. Yeah, if you woke up this morning and were shocked to see the result, they got a little bit of help with the crash between Verstappen and Hamilton, but it was a go-to-woe result for Daniel Ricciardo and, of course, his teammate Lando Norris filled the one-two for McLaren. And a man who would have been up and about, Michael Laminato, F1 Strategy Report podcast host and editor, Box of Neutrals presenter, sports sub-editor and FIA-accredited journalist. He's all across motorsport and he's been kind enough to join us well, we think we should have a public holiday around this result. It was amazing for Daniel Ricciardo, Michael. A stunning result. Yeah, well, I've taken a day off, so that's something at least, even if it's not an officially <laughs> sanctioned one. A really big win for Daniel Ricciardo, not only because it's his first in three seasons since leaving Red Bull Racing, but because he's had a really, as I'm sure you know, dodgy first start to this season, his first with McLaren, hasn't really enjoyed the car, it hasn't suited his driving style, but he had that mid-season break last month, and ever since he's come back, he's got a bit of a different mindset, a little bit of a different swagger about him, he's got a confidence back, and while all these problems are absolutely not over, this was a very big statement, really big punctuation mark on those struggles, and he did, as you said there, only with a real little bit of help from that crash, because even before Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton crashed, he was keeping Verstappen behind him. They'd beaten Verstappen in the pit stops. There's a good argument to be made this race was his no matter what happened behind him, and he absolutely took it with both hands, even scored a point for the fastest lap of the race as well. Yeah, that was an astonishing way to finish. Now, interesting enough, now... We being in Perth and being one-eyed, and I think the biggest audience viewing <laughs> last night, because we have the two hours up our sleeve in the West, which is one advantage as well. But I do believe we weren't worried about a crash. We weren't worried about anything else. What I sat there worried about, and my daughter, who's an F1 nuffy, we were worried that the constant <laughs> pleas of Lando Norris to say, hey, 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 let me go past. But he's been there four years with McLaren now and still hasn't driven a Grand Prix win and now we saw Daniel Ricciardo. I was so glad they held firm. When they said to Daniel, go quicker, he went quicker, and that was enough to hold his front spot, and I'm glad they backed him in. Norris was absolutely the race, the risk in the second half of the race. You're right about that. And it did seem for a little bit that Norris had the pace, and I was a little bit worried McLaren would consider the switch, though it would have been extremely controversial in the circumstances. You'd have to wonder what effect that would have had on Ricardo and, and McLaren's relationship. But it was also clear after that call, he got a bit of a hurry up from the team, that he was managing his pace because that fastest lap, as we said, came on the last lap of the race. So it was clear there was performance in that car and performance in him, that this was really a race of just managing those gaps to make sure that they couldn't be passing behind him. Everyone was kept in each other's slipstream. It was a really well-managed race for him. And it was a really all-round solid performance. Michael Avenato is our guest on Sporting Goss. We're talking about the wonderful uh, performance by Daniel Ricciardo. Now, do we get greedy and think this is going to be the norm, or did Monza <laughs> and the and the uh, the grid setup and the sprint race from the day before did it all just play out perfectly for Ricciardo, or can we be greedy and expect more of this in particular in Russia next start? I think it would be difficult to get greedy from here. I, I don't think this is going to become the norm this season anyway, because while the McLaren was 
Right up the front this round, it was still only the third fastest car. The Red Bull and the Mercedes car were definitely quicker. And it was more just that we saw some great qualifying performances from Ricardo, but then we saw Bottas serve an engine penalty. Mm. Lewis Hamilton had a bad start in the qualifying sprint race on Saturday, which meant he started behind. Put Ricardo on the front row from which he could take the lead. It was really circumstances playing there. But podiums will still be on the table. McLaren's already had a couple this season before this race victory. But what it does do is really reconfirm that McLaren's trajectory since its sort of dark Honda days a couple of years ago now is really strong. And with new rules next year, we should expect that McLaren will be contending for race wins. Nothing's for certain, of course, but this does set them really well nicely for next season. So I know that's not anyone wants to hear, obviously. It's still a good few months until then, but it is a good sign. Still eight races to go in the current season. Max Verstappen's been penalised three grid positions for that incident with uh, Lewis Hamilton. He hit the uh, the sausage ripple strip and then went up onto the back of Lewis Hamilton. Very, very lucky Lewis Hamilton. I mean, that that was an incredible accident and he is lucky not to have been seriously hurt. There was no love for Max, though. He stormed off as though it was uh, Lewis's fault. But uh, the, the, uh, the stewards disagree and they've uh, punished him. Yeah, it's not surprising that Max was found at fault, although I think he could have also gotten away with calling that one a racing incident. Certainly not Lewis Hamilton's fault, not not enough to cop him a penalty, but it was surprising, as you said, that Max, well, obviously he was very angry afterwards to have crashed out of the race, but didn't even really make eye contact or anything with Lewis, who was still in the car and under his car at that. Very lucky, as you said, to have the, the halo front impact structure there to prevent the car from entering the cockpit. Could have been a much worse accident, but... It's hard not to think, even though Max has been penalised these three grid places, which isn't heaps, which is indicative of, again, the idea that there was a little bit of guilt shared there, that he walked away from the winner from this weekend in the championship picture. He scored a couple of points from the sprint race on Saturday to extend his championship lead to five. But this race, Mercedes really expected to win, and Red Bull expected them to win. They expected to be dealt some pain this weekend, and instead they walked away somehow extending the championship lead Russia will probably suit Mercedes as well, but after that, you'd have to say it's 50-50, which means this championship fight is very much remaining within Red Bull's hands. Michael Abinado is our guest. We're talking about that wonderful Grand Prix last night. And last one for you, Michael. Interesting, when we watched that Grand Prix last night, I think going into it, we thought, okay, get in front. There'll be no passing. And we know that Monza is not a great passing track, but there you couldn't. It didn't matter where you looked. There was something going on, good, bad, or indifferent. It was a stunning view. It really was. I mean, Monza, and I think this goes for a lot of the classic tracks, even if they typically don't always provide the best racing for various reasons, usually involving the cars, you do tend to get something unusual happen. You get a little bit of friction and excitement in the grid, and all of a sudden cars are moving all all over the place. It's clear as well that this is one of the closest seasons we've had in quite a while, and not mm. just in terms of the championship fight, but really the whole grid is quite close, at least in their various pockets, which means that as we get closer to the end of the season and championship positions are up for grabs, which, okay, we might talk about middle of the grid positions not meaning much, but that mean millions of dollars for the teams mm. and for some drivers, their racing future as well. The racing is getting increasingly hard. So we're really being treated to something special this season in Formula One, and I wouldn't want to predict how it's going to end. And someone just on the text line, 0487736736. I shouldn't go without mentioning Oscar Piastri. What a great performance by him as well. And he he certainly got the the F1 future uh, in his sights in the years to come. 
Absolutely right. A feature race winner in Monza as well. He's having a great season in F2. His first season in F2 and he's leading that championship. It's hard to see him getting into Formula 1 next year just for the seats available, though he hasn't given up hope. But absolutely right. He is a Formula 1 talent. He's Australia's next Formula 1 talent. And I can't wait to see him join that grid. Thanks for taking our call, Michael. Very incisive. And uh, we appreciate your time here on Sporting Goss. Anytime, mate. Thank you.